four, five, six, seven, nine. Is that including the other ten movies? Yeah, that's right, everything. Okay. Nine. Nine pages. Yeah, we got this. Yeah, we've been drinking. <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> Dressed in black. Yeah. Yeah, dehydrated a little bit. Mm. So, we're going to talk about the Alien franchise. Alien, fuck yeah, bursting through your motherfucking chest, yeah. Indeed. Start off. How do you? What? What say you? Xenomorph or xenomorph? Um, I think it changes depending on who I'm talking to. Um, I don't think I've ever stuck with one. I was always told it was xenomorph. I think it's xenomorph. Mm. We you don't say xenophobic, do you? Um, no, I say racist, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go we'll go with Xenomorph for the episode Xenomorph. I know predominantly Americans say Xenomorph but you know they say a lot of things okay. which is fine it's fine once in America it was like years ago yeah. I think it was in Denver it was about 10 years ago I was with a friend my Rob and um, he's English as well and we're talking to this American and he said something wrong mm. as they you know and my friend Rob, very drunk in his very British accent, just leaned in and went, I think you'll find you're pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> Brilliant. Fucking fell about laughing. <laughs> pronouncing that wrong. Marvellous. Right, on to the... <laughs> on to the movie. Yes, Alien franchise. So we're going to go through Alien, Alien, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, Alien... No, Prometheus, yeah. Alien, the six. So, Alien, 1979. Mm, going back, I'm just going to pull this up. 30 years ago. 40. 40, yeah. I, I'm not 29 fact, anymore. Was it last yeah. week was the 40th Yeah, anniversary? I, saw, I saw the thing for it. It's why I ended up watching Alien Covenant last mm. week. So, after a space merchant vessel perceives an unknown transmission as a distress call, its landing on the source moon finds one of the crew attacked by a mysterious life form, and soon they realise its life cycle has merely begun. Noise. Noise. So, Alien. This start of the story, this goes way back, um, before 79, back, I think... Well, it sort of starts around 74. Right. So there's a guy called Dan O'Bannon. Do you know who Dan O'Bannon is? I do not. Dan O'Bannon is a science fiction writer and screenwriter, kind of an actor sometimes. Um, back in 1974, he got together with a guy called John Carpenter. I'm familiar with his works. Yeah, I think we've talked about him before. He may have come up. Yeah. So they get together and they Dan O'Bannon writes this script for... Uh, Carpenter and they make this film called Dark Star right. which I haven't seen I think I've seen bits of it it's Carpenter's first like feature length mm. film um, so Dan O'Bannon writes it he stars in it as well it's kind of a comedy horror that didn't really work right. so O'Bannon said it started out as um, it was basically like a student film mm. and the more it went on and the production got bigger and bigger and O'Bannon wasn't happy with it at the end so they started out it could have been a really good student film but instead it turned into a not very good regular film basically and um, that's where that happened so (laughs) after he's made Dark Star 
he, this guy called Ronald Shusei, I think I'm saying it right. Yeah. Say Shusei. Sure. He gets on the blower after seeing Darkstar to John Carpenter and Dan O'Bannon. And he, basically, he's talking to them and he wants to make a film. Mm. For whatever reason, he didn't, he didn't dislike Carpenter, but he just felt he had more of a, like a rapport with O'Bannon. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's fine. Carpenter went on to... He did all right. <laughs> like yeah. he was left in the lurch. <laughs> yeah, he went on and he did all right. So he kind of, not shunned, but he just kind of said to Carpenter, like, I, I want to work with him, not you. Yeah. And then together they started writing the script for Alien. Mm-hmm. Now, because Obama wanted to make a good, scary Alien film. The Alien in Dark Star is basically a beach ball Right at home. Yeah, so he was obviously not happy with that. And so they set about him and this guy, Tuesday, writing the script that would become Alien. Mm. It was abandoned for a bit because he got a call from a guy called, this is O'Bannon, he got a call from a guy called Alejandro Jodorowsky. I say it quick enough, you'll think I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> <laughs> and he just made this film called El Topo, which was an art house film, right. which everyone was raving about and was doing very well. He calls up O'Bannon. He wants O'Bannon to work on him, on his adaptation of Dune. Righto. Mm. So O'Bannon goes off to Paris mm. to help with this guy writing and doing some visual effects stuff to make Dune. Obviously, this film didn't happen in the end. because we don't, David Lynch. Yeah, David Lynch, Lynch eventually did it, I think, in the, eight, it was in the 80s. I can't remember what year exactly. Mm. But anyway, whilst he's out there... Dan O'Bannon meets this guy called Chris Foss, who's an English artist, who was also working on Dune. And Foss was probably at the time best known for doing like album covers for like prog rock bands, like big spaceships and yeah, shit yeah. like that. But he was working on Dune along with O'Bannon. They meet in Paris. Whilst they're like, you know, hanging out in Paris and they're making friends, Foss says to Chris, uh, Chris Foss says to Dan O'Bannon, I've got a guy I'd like you to meet. He's in town doing an exhibit this weekend. Mm-hmm. We should go meet him. It's this Swiss painter, H.R. Giga. Hans Rydicki. Ah. Yeah. So they go off to this hotel room to meet this Giga guy, mm. who is an odd little fellow. Yes. Yes. To <laughs> say the least. According to Dan O'Bannon, like, the first thing out of his mouth was like, would you like some opium? <laughs> 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 Uh, no, I'm cool, thanks. And then O'Bannon says, why do you take opium? He's like, because I'm afraid of my mind. Okay, cool. Right. Cool. Can't <laughs> wait to work with this guy in the future. Yeah, Swiss painter, H.R. Giger, Hans, was it Hans Rudy? Hans, Hans Rudy, yeah. Yeah. Um, his work's fucking great. Yeah, like, amazing. I'm not an art guy, but yeah, his work is weird. Yeah. Beautifully weird. I think he started out doing like airbrushing and then he moved to like stencils and stuff. I think so, yeah. But it's sort of like grey, biomechanical, man meets machine. So that really weird one where it's all the baby's heads and then if you look at it closely you realise that all the baby heads are tips of condoms. Yeah, that sounds like something, yeah. That sounds yeah, like his work. Weird. I remember this one I really like, which is like a landscape that he's painted. And if you look at it, it just looks like two hills and like people landscape. And if you look a little bit closer, you can actually see it's a woman's ass sliding down on a man's cock, you know. Yeah, that kind of uh, <laughs> special. Yeah. He also designed Jonathan Davies' microphone stand from Corn. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, the thing with the 
tits and the yeah, yeah that well he did that that was more I would have thought like about the stuff he did for species as well because I know he did the creature design for species yeah he did yeah yeah something yeah along something like that anyway June fell apart right didn't fucking happen well, I made it sound obvious don't know why it, I think a lot of people try to make June over the years didn't they and it just considered unfilmable. Yeah, which is why they're giving it another go at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't. Remember. Oh, so that's a TV series. Um, no, I think they've done that already. I think this is actually going to be like either a, a trilogy of movies or. Ah, right. But yeah, basically, expect your next Lord of the Rings job, but a lot, a lot of sand. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that fell apart, and then O'Bannon went back to America with no money and a little bit pissed off, mm. understandably. Yeah. So he then goes back to uh, Ronald Shusay and is like listen we're going to make this happen this mm. script we've been working on we're going to finish it and it's going to be a film because i got no fucking choice now right. needs the money bro so they finish the script and they start toting it around studios in mm. Hollywood this nearly ended up as a Roger Corman film I don't know that name a really bad low budget horror <laughs> cool yeah uh, kind of like the Russ Myers of horror. Big boobs then. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. So, and it, the deal was nearly done until a guy called Walter Hill stepped in. He said, he'd like, Walter Hill, apart from this, probably most famous for directing Warriors. The Warriors. Yeah, I love that movie. Come out to play. Yeah, he was known for directing, like, <coughs> tough guy films. Yeah. So... He got a hold of it. Him, a guy called David Geiler, and a guy called Gordon Carroll, but mm. Geiler didn't actually like the script. They said, don't go to Corman, we'll give you the money. And they threw the money at them really quickly mm. and bought the script. Happy days. Then Walter Hill, Geiler, and Carroll kind of rewrote the script. They right. changed a lot of things. For the start off, they changed all the names of the characters, mm. just for whatever reason. Now, if you talk to... Well, O'Bannon's dead, but... <laughs> <laughs> don't talk to him. Um, depending on like, which side of it, you have uh, Shusei and O'Bannon. O'Bannon says, like, oh, fuck those guys. They only changed it so they could get a writing credit. Mm. And that's the only reason they do this. So they could sort of, you know, have a writing credit as long as producers and everything. And then uh, Shusei sort of says, yes, they did change things, but also they did add some things that made the film better for example the um to ash the android yeah that was they added that okay and he says like yeah fair play to them so they totally not totally but they changed the script quite a bit o'bannon's pissed off about it she says like meh mm. but they changed the script they had it in the 20th century fox and 20th century fox go nah nah don't like it no. and it was chucked on a pile and that was it forgotten about and then in 1977, Star Wars came out. Ah. Ah. And all of a sudden. We need to make this space more. Yeah, bit. science fiction is very much in vogue. <laughs> and it was pretty much a you know, grab any sci fi script we have. Mm. And the only one they had was Alien. And it was greenlit, like straight away, make it now. And so. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we got Alien. Marvelous. Yes. The making of it. So, the first actor they approached was um, Tom Skerritt, yes. who played Dallas. He did, yes. And initially he turned it down mm. because 
at the time Ridley Scott wasn't on board to do it mm. and also the budget was only about two or three million right and he read the script and he said with a budget like that you can't do this script justice, justice. Mm. which is interesting because usually well I don't know the reasons actors turn stuff down usually it's like I'm not free it's not enough money mm. but he seems to have a different outlook of it it's like well this script is great but this budget won't yeah. work with this so I'm not interested that's a fair reason to be honest yeah and then, obviously, he eventually did come on board when Ridley Scott was hired. Um, Ridley Scott had only done one full film before, which was Duelist. Have you seen that? Um, no, I haven't either. Um, but that was his first film. I'm assuming it's not the John Wayne movie, The Duelist. No, it's got Harvey Keitel and a Carradine in it. Right. One of them, I'm not sure. Keith or David. Anyway. Yeah. And um, is it? Yeah, I should say it's Carradine, because I can't remember the top of my head. Um, so Ridley Scott comes aboard at the time he'd done I think like 1500 little TV commercials he was a TV commercial director that's what he did Um, so he kind of yeah he hadn't really made many films but he made The Duelist on such a low budget remember what we were saying about John Carpenter taking not much money and stretching it yeah yeah. so that kind of gets you a bit of reputation as someone who can get the job done yeah once Ridley Scott had finished his initial storyboards, it took it to 20th Century Fox, they doubled his budget. Oh, hello. No. Yeah, they were that impressed. They're like, cool. Then you had um, three different artists working on this film. Mm. So you got a guy called Ron Cobb, who was at the time best known as like a uh, satire, satirist, like, you know, it's political cartoons you see, like, in the papers. Uh, satirical characters yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So he did that, but also, on the side, he did these, like, amazing um, science fiction, like, portraits and landscapes and stuff like that. Nice. Chris Foss, of course, who O'Bannon knew from the failed Dune project, mm-hmm. and Giga, mm-hmm. who he'd met Loves back in Paris. Yeah. yeah. Now, you'd think that three artists all working on one film would be... A nightmare. Yeah. Heads button and not, but none of that happens. They all divided all the work, mm. and it worked very smoothly. So Ron Cobb did uh, all of the interior of all the uh, Nostromo. Mm-hmm. He also worked on Total Recall, which was also written by Dan, o- Dan O'Bannon. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, Chris Foss did all of the exterior stuff yeah. for the spaceships, and Giga did all the alien shit, including mm. like the sets and the uh, that space jockey yeah, that you yeah. see in the big chair. Which, interestingly, isn't as big as it appears on film. Mm. So, originally, they wanted him to do it as a miniature because they couldn't afford it. And he's like, no, no, it won't work. <laughs> so, exactly like that. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and when you see that shot and the, um, the astronaut they're in their spacesuits climbing up it, that's mm. actually really Scott's children oh, right. in spacesuits climbing up it to make it look even bigger. That's I think his kids cool. were around about 10, 11 at the time. So... That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, kids, what are you doing today? Want to come to work with Daddy? <laughs> what are we going to do? Uh, just make history. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing important. Um, then the other sort of characters, the actors fell in. Scotty Weaver came from predominantly stage work. Mm. I think this is like her first film, apart from she appears briefly in Annie Hall. I haven't seen it. Wouldn't know. Or like a Woody Allen film. She's like, mm. blink and you'll miss her right at the end. Okay. Um, this is like her first like proper film Harry Dean Stanton mm. because he's Harry Dean Stanton he showed up to the audition and the first words out of his mouth were I don't like sci-fi and I don't like monster films and he's still got the job which one is he playing uh, he the one who owns the cat 
No, is it the one with the hat? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Gruff looking motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, he shows up in the um, first Avengers movie as well. He's in um, Escape from New York. He's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's one of those that you just, he always seems to be just playing himself. Like, yeah. I can imagine he was sat in the background in the, the bar and cheers and just no one batting an eye. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was a guy called John Finch who was originally cast to play Kane. Right. And on like the first day of shooting, like shooting the first scenes, he sit, I think he was sat down and according to Ridley Scott, it's like, he looked like shit. He didn't look well, and then his skin slowly turned yellow, like a Simpsons character. Ketamine? <laughs> well, Scott was like, you know, he's sort of there going, oh, this isn't starting well. So he stops, like, a few takes, he's just slumped in his chair, he's, like, really lackluster, he's like, fucking hell. So he goes up and he says, are you all right? Mm. And he says, no, I feel like shit. He's like, well, you look like shit. So they shipped him off. Apparently, yeah, I'm undiagnosed diabetic. Oh, shit. So he had to go home, and then Ridley Scott was like, mm, okay, what do I do now? John Hurt suddenly becomes a bit... He just heard that John Hurt was filming something in Turkey and it fell apart. Mm. So he shows up to John Hurt's... I don't know if it was at John Hurt's place or it was a hotel. Basically, Ridley Scott drives over there on a Monday evening, mm. and he says to no, John Hurt, I want you to be in this film, and he proceeds to pitch him Alien. Mm. Gone midnight, like in the wee hours in the morning, he finishes his pitch, and John Hurt says, okay, I'll do it. When do I start? He's like, in about six hours. <laughs> so at 7.30 in the morning on the Tuesday, John Hurt, having not even read the script, shows up on set, and finally, Alien starts to, going, yeah. actually starts to be, Jesus. start being made. So yeah, years in the making, essentially, and yeah. a long old process. But what I think about all that effort as well, like it probably took him longer to pitch Alien to John Hurt than it did for John Hurt to be on the set to film his like five scenes. John Hurt probably could have read the script mm. in the time that <laughs> Ridley Scott spent talking about it to him. Um, yeah, yeah that was, he's not in it for long, is he? It's very hard to talk with a big hole in your chest. So. Yes, and that chest. Buster scene. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's four years old. Um, actually, Giga, in an interview, I've seen him talking about, because obviously he designed like, the look of the alien and yeah. everything like that, talking about the chest buster scene. He's like, I thought it was really disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, really? You? Yeah. The most morose motherfucker ever? <laughs> you thought that was disgusting? Wrong kind of decadent. <laughs> I thought they didn't like that very much. Ah, I fell off my stroke. <laughs> but it is, I think that's one of the reasons it's scary, is obviously that was so shocking at the time. Mm. And yeah, it seems really famous now, and like everyone who's read anything about it knows that every, all the actors didn't know it was going to happen, but mm. from John Hurt, really Scott. Mm. And when it did, that... Um, the woman, whose name is not Sigourney Weaver, the other one. Yeah. Um, Veronica Cartwright, her like, oh, yeah! that's like real reaction. Mm. She's getting sprayed by the fake blood and all that. But yeah, it's a classic now. Oh, yeah. It's like one of the best kind of character introduction scenes for anything. Like, you know, the face hugger jump is awesome. Yeah, that was done. Um, I think they shot that in reverse. No, it was shot. The, the way it's cut is it wasn't they couldn't have it jump onto his face mm. 
they couldn't pull it off. So when it's cut, it's already on his face, but it's yeah. so quick that it looks like it's just jumped out and it's yeah. attached to him already. Yeah, it's really well edited, that's mm, Yeah. And the whole thing of, you know, sort of why people shudder at it, the whole mm. thing of basically being raped and impregnated. It's, it's the creepiest one for me as well, because I, I think that's the only one where the guy's wearing a helmet when the face of him gets him, because he's got to burn through the helmet to get yeah. to him. So, you know, this thing wants that face. Like, oh, he's yeah, going yeah, yeah. for it. And obviously, they're, you know, they're trying to stop it. It's just choking him more. And they're trying to cut it off. And like, yeah. Man, them face huggers, they're creepy. Yeah, it is fucking creepy. It's like, it's the design is obviously it's like it's two hands, isn't yeah. it? And wrapped around his head and it's impregnating him. And then you have a man giving birth and it's so unnatural and yeah. fucked up and just bleh. and it's deliberately designed to look like he's got a massive boner coming out of his chest yes yeah all sorts of reasons to find it fucking yeah nasty and then you have like the um claustrophobia of the film mm. throughout the set of the the interior of the nostromo was built as one complete set really yeah so it's imagine like a maze with a lid on it yeah yeah so the actors would go in there at the start of the day and you could spend all day in there seeing no sunlight, running around these sort of tunnels and so the claustrophobia is real and it is... Bleh. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, imagine getting lost in there like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I've, like a fag, hope you see this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's many reasons it's like fucking scary as hell. The... Um, the xenomorph itself is terrifying. The that like original sort of reveal of it when it uncurls and comes down. From the yeah, scene. and plus for a lot of the film you don't see it, <clears throat> and it's sort of that old Hitchcock thing of what you don't, don't see, see is scarier. Is scarier, and then when you do see it, it's still fucking scary. <clears throat> and the whole sort of look of it, and um, originally it had eyes, and they got <clears throat> rid of it, which one of the best moves they did. Yeah, yeah. Because remember we talked about like uh, Michael Myers, <clears throat> like he has kind of eyes, but they're totally empty yeah. so like the eyes are the window to the soul and this thing has yeah, no, no fucking soul. eyes yeah. <laughs> it's just like Ugh. the fact that this thing is, is you know, it's just a killing machine mm. and even if you try and kill it it might bleed on you and you're fucking the acid blood is a terrifying element so they added that in quite last minute I think O'Bannon and um, Shuso were like looking at the script and like well why don't they just fucking shoot it mm. So, well, how can we make that a thing? Yeah, like, easily just get rid of guns. You're in a spaceship, or... you've got surrounded by total void, and this thing can bleed through your hull. Yeah, like exactly, that. which it nearly does, doesn't yeah. it, at the beginning? I think it's when they cut the face hugger off. Yeah, they, they cut the, nip, uh, the knuckle, and it goes through like three floors. I think, yeah. Like so, it's a dangerous fucking thing. Mm. Okay, what are you say? Yeah, so um, I'm assuming you've seen the director's cut of Alien? Probably. It's only got one more notable scene in it. And it's this thing with Dallas. Yeah, so Dallas Selvin, he's doing the whole bit going through the air vents and he's there yeah. with like the tracker and the flamethrower and they're trying to find it and he's like having those little vent doors closed behind him and there was something so creepy about those vent doors when they just kind of spiral shut into like yeah. the I don't know what it is about them. Did they use that again in Event Horizon? It's a spiral door, I think door, it's something very similar, yeah. yeah. Uh, they used them in the Alien Isolation game as well because obviously that's meant to be based on that. And when I saw one of those in the, in the game, I'm like, yeah, go into this vent. I'm like, ah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, not today. Might be a massive fucking alien in there. But yeah, in this scene where he's in there and obviously he's got the, the my, probably my second favourite jump scare in a film ever where he turns around like shines the torch and it's like there it is in his face yeah 
and that, then the, like, the arms go out and the head comes up and then you see it disappear yeah and it's done so quickly yeah. you're like oh what the fuck was that yeah it was freaking awesome Alien's one of the sort of original three films that scared the living shit out of me mm. as a child was this Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Jaws yeah yeah. Um, oh, yeah we talked about Jaws in the boat scene didn't we? yeah yeah, and that scene with Dallas in the um, mm. in the vent, like, which they've parodied in several things. Yeah, The Simpsons with the <laughs> Willie and the fucking sharks. Mm. Um, yeah, it is just scary. The, they, the the creature is terrifying. It's pretty well, it's not unkillable, but you mm. are gonna pretty much die oh, yeah. if you encounter it. But yeah, they did have or get impregnated cut afterwards. Where yeah, where you find out that Dallas isn't actually dead. And yeah, Alien has taken him off and pinned him up against the wall and covered him in all the goop. Yeah, as if and he is waiting for a face hugger egg to be, you know, be put in front of him. Yeah, the cycle he, we get introduced. He begs to um, Ripley to kill him. Kill him. Yeah. You can find that on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. You can buy a box set of the director's cut. You can watch that version of it. I've watched it as part of the movie. Mm. Um, yeah, that yeah, that, add, that did add something to it as well. I almost found the idea that it, it was completely capable of killing you with its pinky finger. Yeah, or it's whip lash with its wicked tail. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it can kill you or it can fuck you. Yeah, it'll do whatever the fuck Which, it wants to. But either way, you are not going to be in for a good night. No, there's there's absolutely no. In all of these films we're going to talk about, I don't think anyone has a nice death. Well, even if they're not killed mm. by the alien, it's just. Bad. Yeah, you're either eaten or just a little mouth through the forehead. Slice. Yeah, that's probably the best way to go. Yeah. Is getting a fucking mini mouth through the forehead. Oh, we've got some fun ones in Alien Resurrection to talk about. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just a nasty, nasty creature. Mm. Mm-hmm. One of our favourites. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's everything I have to say on this. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the um, movie. But the whole idea of the alien impregnating a crew member mm. was um, O'Bannon Shusei's way of getting around how do we get the alien onto the ship, ship yeah. and Shusei called him up one day and went let's have the alien fuck him <laughs> <laughs> what? he's like that's listen to me <laughs> honestly aliens aliens because alien was pretty successful then why did they wait nearly seven years to make a sequel yeah they did wait a yeah, seven years. It was 86, wasn't it? Mm, which is... That's a long time for a sequel. That is a long time for a sequel. Um, it would have been made sooner, but James Cameron wanted to make Terminator. Because... Mm. So, 20th Century Fox, they wanted James Cameron to do it, and he's like, no, I'm going to make Terminator. So they waited. Yeah, No, that's fair. I know the, the, like his, the entire pitch he was given, apparently, was just Ripley with soldiers. Yeah, it was... So, Aliens... 1986, uh, directed by James Cameron. And it's, Screenplay by James Cameron as well. Uh, yeah, him and Walter Hill. Mm. Um, Sigourney Weaver is back. She's got an Oscar nomination for this. I'm not surprised, man. Like, she's like one of the original badass women characters, mm. isn't she? Like, she's fucking awesome in those films. Also stars Michael Bean, Bill underrated. Pa- Bill Paxton, rest his soul. Yeah, Bill Paxton, rest in peace. Paul Reisner, Lance Hendrickson, William Hope. Mm-hmm. Al Matthews, Mark Ralston, uh, Jeanette Goldstein, who is not Hispanic. <laughs> is she not? <laughs> no, she's very Jewish. Um, oh, right. And Carrie Henn as Newt. Yeah. Only film she made. Yeah, uh, a totally useless fact for you in this one. Um, every space marine in the movie, um, apart from a Mr. Dwayne Hicks, um, every other one of them, their first initial on um, their... Badge is their actual real life first initial because Dwayne was the only one who got a first name given to his character. Ah, interesting. So, 
Which one do you prefer? Well, which movie do I prefer? Alien or Aliens, yeah. That'd be, that's not a fair question, is it? Because <laughs> one's an action horror and one's an all-out horror. Yeah, but which one would you rather sit down and watch right now? Um, I'd have two TVs on and you can have a damn business. <laughs> like, I, honestly, it's one of the two movies I can't pick between. I absolutely, it's like Terminator and Terminator 2. Um, I mm. absolutely love both of them, but again, the first one's got an almost horror feel to it. Yeah. Whereas the second one's just balls-out action. Yeah. Um, it is one of the few films that has that kind of special place where people say, like, this is better than the original Godfather Part 2. Yeah. Um, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. There's others. Wrath of the Titans, because Clash with Sam Worthington was crap, and the other one just wasn't that. It's <laughs> uh, still pretty bad, but I liked it. I haven't seen either, but I did hear Wrath is better than the oh, dog shit that was Clash. Just stick to the original Clash of the Titans, man. Like 1981. Oh, yeah, with yeah. the stop motion. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Get that yeah. Harry House and shit in my face. Yeah, man. definitely. It's great stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, a lot of people go on about this which is better mm. personally if I had to choose I'd go with Alien mm. I don't dislike Aliens in any way I think no, it's I fucking brilliant there's very little to dislike about yeah, it it's, it's a nigh on perfect movie and it was always I think the reason James Cameron was you know, going to come on board was because he not necessarily had carte blanche but he could do he was saying it's going to be an action film I'm mm. going to make it you know the fucking military's coming in it's going to be guns it's going to be more aliens we get to see the alien like mm. more of it and we're a bit more about like the actual structure of the alien colonies and stuff like you see like the alien queen and then you see she's yeah. got like two big bodyguard aliens either mm. side of her as well and, um, yeah I really wanted to see more of them too because they looked hench as fuck um, the um, so originally Sigourney Weaver didn't want to do this mm. And she was kind of tricked, in, not tricked into doing it. So James Cameron obviously just made Terminator. Mm. And there was a script bashing around for a while that didn't have Ripley in it. Right. And he called up Arnold Schwarzenegger's agent. And he said, I have this script mm. for an Alien sequel. Does Arnie want to do it? Like, would he be interested? Right. Arnie's agent is also good friends with... Sigourney Weaver's agent which Cameron knows right okay so he knows that this information will be filtered down and get to Sigourney Weaver okay so as soon as she heard this she signed up <laughs> he's a mm. tricky man yeah. tricky little bastard isn't he it's fair though I don't think it would have been anywhere near as good with Arnie in the lead so no no stay away from her bitch <laughs> yeah but please never do that again <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah it was a sequel bigger budget but he wouldn't have fit his calf muscles in the power loader (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah the filming of it didn't go as smoothly as you might think so it's not bad like Alien 3 which we'll get Mm. on to but because this was filmed in Britain again I think these are all filmed at Pinewood Mm. um and then you had a lot of the same crew from the original film coming back. Right. And they were just, you know, 80s British people. Mm. And now they were working for a British guy, Ridley Scott, and now we're working for this American. Mm. Imagine that went down like a fart and a lift. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they didn't <clears throat> like him at all. And so Cameron had to try and, like, um, try and prove himself. Like, yeah. these, like this British crew who just despise him just because they're American xenophobia how <laughs> <laughs> long have you been waiting to say that <laughs> well about a second since I thought of it oh, <laughs> um, 
so they sort of didn't have much faith in him and just kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll show you I'm fucking good at this. Mm. He organised a screening of Terminator for all the cast and crew. Mm. None of them showed up. Jesus, that's <laughs> harsh. That is harsh, isn't that it? That is really harsh. That's, yeah. Um, Michael Bean also, like, I think on the DVD commentary, he commented about the British crew, like, mm. they stopped every five minutes for a cup of fucking tea. <laughs> <laughs> Push that stereotype, boys. Yeah, yeah, lazy bastards. Um, but it was a big success, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I say it's. I think on IMDb, it's like zero point one rating lower than Alien. Yeah, let's have a quick look while we're <clears throat> talking about it. <clears throat> eight point four. Eight point four. Yeah, and Alien's eight point five. Two very respectable scores. Oh yeah, definitely. I'd say it's odd for a like, well, rare, or rather for a horror movie to get that high of a score as well. Like Germany they tend to knock around like a six and seven, even if they are good. Yeah, like horror and comedy are always obviously yeah, very subjective. Yeah, very subjective. So if you look on IMDb, you'll see like a horror film you might absolutely love, and it's got like a five, mm. or a comedy you might think it's hilarious, and it's like a six or something like that. A Swedish horror um, comedy about Nazi zombies called Dead Snow. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's a great fun. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, very fun. But again, it's got a bad. I think it's got like a five point three or something. Yeah, people are just idiots. <laughs> people are too just yeah. sometimes taking things a bit too seriously. Yes. Let's face it. Just going to write this movie, All right, Sheila, with your fucking tracksuit bottoms, your pushchair, yeah. and your later on, well, you uh, use your extensive movie career to rate this title. I think somewhere later on, I have a quote from uh, Alien Covenant review, which I'll tell you back you know. when we get there yeah when we get there um, interesting point if you want to know this the alien nest set mm. was reused as access chemicals in Tim Burton's Batman that's amazing yeah that's my new favourite movie fact yeah I didn't know that <sighs> why should you be that close to a potential Batman versus aliens or we isn't there a oh, no, you can find on YouTube a Batman versus Predator fan made film yes you can it's actually quite good uh, there's a Wolverine versus Predator one as well which is like a superhero beatdowns one oh. if you ever watch them yeah there's loads of them they've got like Superman versus Thor Wolverine versus Wonder Woman is particularly brutal <laughs> um, yeah she kicks that shit out of it ah YouTube love it love it love it love it one more movie down <laughs> one more movie down so that was 96 alright so that's the two really good ones out of the way yeah we got a Let's start ragging in some shit, shall we? <laughs> right. Alien 3, or Alien Cubed, as mm. it's written. I never got what that was. I don't either. I, I think don't understand just it. trying to look fancy. Yeah. So, 1992, mm. which is what? Two Eight years. years later. Yeah. Yeah, they were taking their time with these. Mm. At least they weren't bashing them out like Friday the 13th. No, they would have gone totally to shit. Yeah. But then, I mean, as we're about to discover, Alien 3 is not the worst Alien movie and I know it was, it was greatly hated when it first came out for a lot of reasons mm. if you can get through the first 15 minutes and you haven't turned it off you're in with a chance basically no one hates this film more than David Fincher I know I was actually reading up on this one a little bit last week so. yeah so 992 this is David Fincher's first feature length film David Fincher now is obviously a very much celebrated fucking director yeah, yeah. Like, Fight Club and Seven yeah. The Social Network yeah. and yeah, I forgot he did that. Yeah, that, I did really enjoy the social network. Oh, yeah. But this was his first foray into the movies. How to open the movie. Let's kill off two of the most popular characters from the last film. Off screen. Yeah, so... 
Let's go through the fucking thing. After her last encounter, Ellen, Rip- Ellen Ripley crash lands on... Is it Fury 141? Fury 161. 161. A maximum security prison <clears throat> would, when a series of strange and deadly events occur... Shortly after her arrival, Ripley realises that she has brought along an unwelcome visitor. Wonder who it could be? James Cameron. No. Yeah, that's it. Well, there's a lot of English people in this movie. So. There's a lot of accents going <laughs> yeah. on in this film. E bag on, it's a fucking alien. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy who played um, Ricky and Eddie's neighbour, Mr. Rottweiler, in Bottom. Ah. Mm. Well, let's say Sigourney Weaver's back. Uh, Charles S. Dutton. Charles, fuck, Charles Dance. I love Charles Dance. I love Charles Dance. He's not very dance. He didn't really bring his dancing shoes for this film. He didn't. Which, two, well, one, I think people don't know how to use Charles Dance. Mm. Um, He is, he's a very scary man. Usually plays villains and that's what he's suited to. Mm. In this, he's not the villain. He's, the love interest almost mm. yeah he's almost like the suave gentleman in some period drama sort of thing yeah Charles Dance is not that guy he is like a six foot three big guy with a big voice and mm. a death stare like he make you piss yourself just by glaring at you yeah. we talked about showing us yesterday yeah yeah like in Game of Thrones he's... Yeah, he like shoots down Joffrey with just a glance and... yeah and that's mm, yeah. that's his thing the biggest cunt in the show and he just looks at him <laughs> yeah <laughs> he just looks at you and that's it huh? and obviously um, he is my favourite probably I'd say my favourite villain in any film ever is in um He's Benedict in Last, Last Action, Action Hero. Hero. Yeah, we were chatting about that yesterday. Yeah, yeah. which I just found out actually before we did this, um, Alan Rickman was offered that role and he turned it down through salary issues and Charles Dance had himself a t-shirt made that said, I'm cheaper than Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, he is so good in that film. Just like, mm. like Alan Rickman, just you know, big voiced English guy chewing the fucking scenery. That scene with Anthony Quinn when he realises he's um, yeah sort of screwed him over he's like you do a, well, you do a 360, 360 no I've done a 180 if I did a 360 I go all the way around and back where I started bang <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul McGann one of the, he's oh, I forgot he was in it he's the eye from With No One Eye isn't he yeah. he's that McGann yeah yeah uh, Brian Glover, Holt Mc... Oh, I always forget his fucking name. Um, Lance Hendrickson is back. Pete Postlethwaite. Mm, I feel like be a bit of Pete Postlethwaite. Yes, a lot of people struggle to say that name. It's one of the few names I can actually pronounce. Mm. Usually I struggle to say names, but Postlethwaite I've got down. Yeah, it's the Worcestershire of names, that one, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Peter Guinness. Yeah, this film had a lot of fucking problems. Mm. It's... I think it's probably... This film's better known for being such a fucking disaster than mm. what it is anything else um, people would just it was the uh, the studio like Walter Hill mm. that thing of the studio interfering which we talked about like Hellboy the recent Hellboy yeah. and stuff like that and you always think like if you if you hire a director let them direct the film yeah don't constantly tell, if you think you can do better you fucking direct it mm. Which is not the case of this. Clues in the fucking job title, really, isn't it? Exactly. Um, yeah, Fincher absolutely fucking hated this. Yeah, like costume designer Bob Ringwood, he walked off set because he hated Fincher. Mm. Um, there were certain scenes that they wouldn't let Fincher film. Um, they had a ever-changing script. Mm. The advertising and the promotion for the film was wrong. Right. In the advertising back in the early 90s, they believed 
from the adverts that it was going to be set on Earth. Right. Which they got completely... How can you get that fucking wrong? Yeah. Because of this ever-changing script. The script is predominantly written by Walter Hill. Things were changed a mm-hmm. lot. There was actually $7 million worth of unused sets. Jesus. Because the script changed that much whilst they were fucking filming it. That's... That's bad. Man. Yeah, this is like this is bad business. Yeah, <laughs> this is not how you go about making a fucking. You know, these aren't like apart. Okay, Fincher is a newbie. Like Walter Hill and Twentieth Century Fox. This isn't like their first fucking rodeo. How mm. have they allowed this to get so fucking screwed up? I think if they brought in Fincher, and because he was new, it's like he'll do whatever, whatever we, we fucking say, tell yeah. him, and he wouldn't, and it all just completely fell apart like I don't think anyone had fun making this film at all um, Fincher was to say he was stopped from uh, filming certain stuff at points he would grab Sigourney Weaver and a camera mm. and like basically like take her away to film stuff in secret because you couldn't have Walter Hill knowing mm. but Walter Hill sounds like kind of a dick yeah he does the things that you read mm. especially about the making of this but who knows? Once he filmed it all, he handed in his like final cut, and that was it. He walked away from it. He never had anything to do with it again. So all um, like reshoots, he wasn't involved in mm-hmm. at all. Um, in two thousand, I believe it was two thousand and four, they released that um, quad quadrilogy yeah. box set and that had the director's cut on it. Didn't it? it had the assembly cut. I'm doing air quotes. Assembly cut. <laughs> Because the director didn't want to fucking come back and do it. So everyone came back and they had like the director's cut and people came back and did like DVD commentary apart from Fincher. He's the only one that was like, go fuck yourselves. Nothing to do with it. So they did release what's called the assembly cut, which is about two and a half hours long. And it's supposedly pretty much what Fincher originally handed in. There are some big differences. So, like, the... Um, you mentioned about the dog before. Yeah, you say it comes from a cow, doesn't it? It's an ox, yeah. An ox, Babe so, yeah. the ox. Yeah, Spike the dog or Babe the ox. Mm. I think the only version I've seen, apart from maybe many years ago, is this anniversary edition. Okay. So I don't hate this film as much as, say, maybe most people do. Mm. Um, yeah, it's... All right, it's fucking long. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half hours is... A long old time. That's a lot of accents in two and a half hours. Yeah, well. e ba fucking gum. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Fincher hates this film. I think most people involved regret it, and it was just a fucking disaster. It does have some cool sequences in it. I mean, I really like one, the one effect I did really like when they're like trying to trap it by running it through all the tunnels at the end of the movie. Some of the wall eye shots through the aliens' like senso vision or whatever. Yeah, I really liked a lot of that stuff. I love the bit with Charles S. Dutton right at the end where he's in like you know the bit where they're going to drop the lava he's like we need to keep it down here he's going to climb yeah, up so he, he does stays, this whole glasses yeah. off come on you motherfucker yeah definitely you think and it's going to be all big and manly and the moment it hits him the fucking girl he shriek even <laughs> he grabs him I mean fair play don't get me wrong but the, um, he's chitting the bastard and also it's a little weird in that the, so the xenomorph in this it just seems to eat people yeah, it's got no interest in the yeah. thing. I know part of that was because Hans Rudy Giger was back on board for this one. Mm. And he he hated Aliens. He didn't like the second one because he thought it took his creature and made it look like just... Well, yeah, he wasn't... Fire. For Aliens, they kind of... <clears throat> he wasn't involved in no, the design of the Alien Queen. Um, but basically, Stan Winston did all of that. Mm. Um, 
Yes, he told you. Actually, know some things about these films. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, he was really unhappy with how the alien was portrayed in the second one. Yeah. Um, so he wanted to make it scary again, which is why he you know helped redesign it. And they were like, okay, this is where you came up with the whole idea of depending on what the alien is gestated inside of will actually affect its physical. So um, when it's gender. supposed to be a dog, yeah, it it's like a Rottweiler, all on all yeah, fours going around that. just eating with no sense. Yeah, and why, like, it would make more sense that the ones in the first two movies, you know, can stand upright and they yeah. like people. And this one crawls around and jumps around. Yeah. Which now makes more sense, but then when the the version with the fucking ox yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's just, just quite milk happens. Yeah, just going around acid. chewing the cud. Like, <laughs> That's it, yeah. Just run around with, like, dirty alien udders just spraying acid on people. That's yeah. Like, that, I would not watch that. I would <laughs> watch that. I'd, we'll I'd leave that to the uh, the fan made films. Mm. Um, interesting point though. If you want to read David uh, David Towies, uh, he originally wrote a script which is available online. Uh, he obviously went on to make Pitch Black. Ah, 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 ah. that is a good movie. That is a good movie. Alien Three or Cubed is not. It is. Not it's, I, yeah, it's one of the things. It could have been a really good fucking film, but well, yeah, kill off the, like two of the main characters mm. from the last movie off screen yeah, before the new, movie's even And Michael started. Bean was not happy about that. He yeah, refused to let them use like a man or yeah, body, yeah. his likeness basically. Yeah. Um, he was like, "No, fuck you guys. Why have you killed me off?" Mm. And. Yeah just, yeah, just after everything they go through, like that last forty minutes of Aliens, where she's going back in to get Newt, and, like, mm. and obviously escaping with him as well. Like after the whole big kickoff bit, yeah, you've got a flamethrower strapped to a machine gun. You know? <laughs> Genius came up with that. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so there was a good film in there somewhere, but it didn't happen. It did not. Blame who you want. Whatever. Mm.